Welcome to episode 25. Um, what a great episode we're going to have here today for you. Uh, this is going to definitely be a treat of its own, overcoming adversity, or as we will call it, adversity. Um, I want to first um, say thank you for both my um, my co-host, but I have a co-host, Arya Adami, today, joining me for her first podcast as a co-host of Hard Facts Fitness. I have a guest, Charlie Ann Ruttenberg, IFBB pro figure, uh, one of our athletes here at the Team Aminopure. Uh, it's it's a treat having these two fine ladies discuss a little bit about their obstacles. And today I want to start uh, this podcast with um, a lot of, of emotions that I have, I have been, well, not dwelling, but circling in my mind. Um, as you know, George Peterson passed away over the weekend, um, which is a shame. Um, my, our condolences goes to their families and the entire bodybuilding community for, for a loss of a, of a great bodybuilder and athlete. Um, one of the things that I want to share with you is uh, different topics that we want to literally dive in and, and hone in on uh, at Harfax Fitness. And adversity is one of the topics that I think we can all share a story about. So one of the things that we know uh, for certain in life is that we're going to find a way to challenge, life is gonna find a way to challenge you. It's going to hand you something that's unfair perhaps at times and um, take something from you. Um, that's just called living. I think for from the day that we were born, uh, we have been facing adverse moments, whether sickness as a child, chicken pox, uh, whatever it is, we've always been dealing with adversity through our, our lives. When this happens, basically, you have three choices as you grow and develop in, into adulthood. We are even faced with harder adversities. And when this happens, you have three choices. You can deny, cope, or thrive. Some of the worst comments, and I'm going to tell you why I think they're the worst comments that I get in being uh, in talking to people uh, through Team Amino Pure and, and on a daily basis is I hate the comments or the quotes. I wish I had. What a pity! If I only could have. What a shame! You're so lucky. That makes me feel like they think my life or everyone else's life is better than theirs. And one thing, as I said for certain, is that we all have those moments of adversity. We all have faced moments that are very difficult in our lives. Moments that we can call end moments. Your end moment could be different than mine. Affairs, relationships, heartbreaks, entrepreneurs losing money, medical diseases, medical dilemmas, broken moments that hit us in the face. And it's up to us to define how we're going to cope with them. Bomb of life is that how it hits us. Everyone has a bomb of life moment, meaning um, a moment in our life that we feel we can't overcome. One of the things that we have in common is that we all have these bomb moments or end moments. And then we have to focus on coping with the stress. We focus on the past. We focus on the pain. We focus on the sorrow. Instead of focusing on looking at all the issues that we're having and how that glass is half empty, I think we could do much better by focusing on the glass being half full. That doesn't change. Every day is going to be a struggle and it's just called life. Life is difficult no matter how we see it. And if you believe that you're gonna be riding that high 
rise roller coaster ride without any dips, then you're not living because life is not like that. Let's focus on three things uh, that we have options and things that we can control. And that's how to overcome these situations. I heard uh, a podcast uh, and watched some videos of uh, a couple of people actually that, that face some of the hardest adverse moments in their lives. One of them is now a doctor with multiple uh, with MS. And um, she believed that her life was over in efforts of coping with this um, issue at a very young age of 25. Um, she didn't know how, what she wanted to do in life. And she kept asking herself, why is this happening to me? Why did this happen to me? I'm trying to do so much for, my, for people for uh, working for a hospital, trying to educate people, trying to bring knowledge into what this means in an everyday life, in everyday living for people to have MS. And she was diagnosed with MS. One day she was paralyzed during one of her uh, consults and um, she needed to um, go to, she was in the hospital as a matter of fact, and um, she was paralyzed and she couldn't even make it to the elevator. She entered the hospital as a practitioner and left a week and a half as a patient with diagnosed MS. Now she could have done a couple of things. She could have been broken. She could have lost her mind in dealing with this, but she decided to take an initiative and understand when, and I'm a, God, I'm a believer in God. So God gave me this for a reason. And it changed her entire outlook in terms of how to overcome this to be a spokesperson for MS. She educates people across the world, gets tons and tons of mail uh, from people living with MS. And her biggest goal in life now, her biggest initiative in life is allowing people, helping people to cope with MS, which is a really horrible disease. So a lot of times we feel that Life hits us in a way, little do we know that it's basically hitting us in a way, in a certain way, because our calling is different. So she actually realized, I, after all these years of school, after all these turmoils, days of pain where I can't even get up from bed, I can't even walk, multiple blood transfusions, thousands and thousands and thousands of medications that I have to take on a daily basis, I finally found my calling. And I have learned to cope with MS, and now I'm helping people cope with MS around the world. And that's my calling. So with that being said, guys, um, those stories um, touch my heart. You guys on a consistent basis could touch my heart with your stories whenever you send me messages on, on Team Amino Pure. Um, and I thank you for teaching me one way or another how to become a better human being and how to be more uh, compassionate for people that are coping with different issues in life. Uh, we thank you for your patrons as always. Remember that uh, we have a few things to focus on when we are faced with adversity it's, and it's up to you to define how you're gonna handle things. You can either deny, cope, and thrive. With that being said, guys, welcome to episode 25, Adversity. Welcome my co-host, Arya Adami, to our first podcast. We're very happy to have you. So that being said, Arya Adami, Charlie, and Rudenberg, yours truly, Team Amino Pure. Welcome to episode 25, Overcoming Adversity.
Hi guys, welcome to episode 25, brought to you by Team Amino Pure, Harfast Fitness here. Uh, today I have um, two special guests. Well, I want to introduce my co-host actually, first of all, uh, Aria <laughs> Adami. I got I to do that. Uh, glad to have you on board. Why don't you give us a little bit of an intro, Aria, into who you are, what you've been doing over the last five, 10 years from a competitive standpoint, but more than anything, on a personal level, who's Aria? Well, uh, thanks, Ron. Um, this is my first co-host spot on a podcast. I have been on a couple podcasts, but never the honor of being a co-host. So I'm excited to be here and hopefully we um, can get to know everyone and share and just keep this truthful, honest, raw, transparent and talk about, you know, maybe things other podcasts don't get into details about. But to uh, give you guys a quick introduction about me, um, I am a IFBB Bikini Pro. I earned my pro card in 2016 at the Teen Masters Nationals um, competition. I was clearly a Masters <laughs> competitor um, and I have been competing since 2012. Um, I kind of stumbled into it. I was uh, 31 and I was trying to get healthier and, and live a more active, healthy life. And I stumbled on pictures of IFBB bikini pros. And I thought, damn, those girls look really good. They're beautiful. They have a nice physique with curves and muscle. And I was um, pretty skinny. So that really appealed to me. And uh, it took me two years before I actually went for it. So I kind of stalked it and looked on it online. Um, and then in 2012 was my first NPC competition. Um, I have been a pharmacist for 16 years. I uh, graduated in 2005 and just recently I have decided to retire from pharmacy and focus all my efforts on coaching, which probably we'll talk about a little bit later with our topic today. That's a main, some of the adversity and things that I've gone through the past year is a main reason why I wanted to get into coaching. So that's a little bit about me. That's awesome. Welcome to Aria. It's, 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 um, you know, it, your first podcast is always the hardest. I'll tell you why. I, <laughs> I was nervous and I had Jason on and uh, from Team Scooby Forever. I had Jason on. I had uh, Sonia and it, it, I was like, man, what do I do? Like, I, I, I've always spoken to people in public. Like, it's public speaking has never been an issue for, for me, but recording a podcast and learning and continuing to evolve. And you can tell the evolution of our podcast from episode one all the way to episode 23. I mean, we continue oh, yeah. to improve. So that's one of the things that we want to do here at Carfax is keep it very raw. And we want to appeal to, to not only the competitive uh, bodybuilder, but also the everyday Joe that's trying to improve their life. And that's our market, right? Um, so great to have you on. Welcome on board. Uh, we're going to have a great time here recording today. We're going to have a great episodes moving forward. Uh, one of my biggest initiatives moving forward here, as soon as I go through my 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 surgeries next week, is going to be to put as many podcasts out there because people have been asking for it. So I, I, I'm stoked to have you on board. Thank you for doing this with us. Thank you. I'm happy to be here, too. Miss Charlie Ann Rudd. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? How are you? Tell us a little bit about you. Other All right. than the, you, the, the, you look swole as hell. <laughs> <laughs> Off season, baby. I don't even there know when I'll see again, but I, I love the stage, so I'll be back. I just got yeah. some time to grow. So anyways, a little bit about me. Uh, I'm 37 years old, and I just turned pro last year, 2020. So I prepped through COVID uh, with the gyms being closed and all that. Luckily, 
But yeah, luckily my best friend um, has a pretty good setup in her garage. So of course she did her thing. I cl cleaned it up. I did my thing, cleaned it up. Um, <laughs> you know, just precautions type stuff, even though she's my best friend, whatever. So yeah, I, uh, of course with COVID going on, I was like, I don't know if I really want to do this. It's kind of like, what's the point? But then I'm like, you know what, if, if not me, why not me? Like, why can't I just do it? You know what I mean? Everyone's going to give up. Everyone's going to be like, nah, I don't want to do this COVID. Uh, it's not worth it. You know? And it, it's hard because you think like home workouts, they're tough. They're not the same at the gym. So anyways, turn pro last year in figure. <laughs> Thank you. My first, uh, my first national show as a figure competitor. I actually did bikini since 2013 is when I started. Wow, um, I got to see those pictures. <laughs> so I did bikini and I, and that's wellness wasn't even a thing then. Right. So yeah. now I look back and I'm like, damn, I could have done wellness yeah. because I played soccer my whole life. So yes, ah. my body was all leg and nothing <laughs> up top. So, uh, so yeah, I did bikini, but then I, I beat those legs down with a lot of hit and stuff. And I did well, my first show, uh, I won overall novice. I got first, uh, first place in open, but then the next show 12th place, it's like up, down, up, down. It's like, man, I have the same body. If anything, it's getting, it's improving. Why am I like suffering here? Why is my placing so low and then high and low and high? So that was kind of like, that's been a thing for since 2013, uh, I started that my first prep and then I broke my wrist right in the middle of it. So I was like, damn, you know, you know, so you know what's crazy. I'll tell you what I think is crazy. Like you, you nailed it. Like right in the butt. You talked about you prepping during COVID. And I think that's what makes difference in people. I know a lot mm -hmm. of people that during COVID, they let themselves go in it. And we've, I found a way, some of the people that I know, we found a way to make it work. I actually got leaner. I lost weight as I was, as I was um, going through some the, the whole COVID scare. Uh, we found a gym. I mean, you, you have to make it work. And that's part of the struggles. You know, we're talking about adversity today. Uh, when we talk about adversity, the reason why we wanted to pick this topic is because everyone goes to it in one way, shape, or form. Name one person in this world that can say, I have not gone through adverse moments. Now, your adverse moments can be different than hers. But one of the things we always have to keep, got to keep in mind is it can always be worse. And there's always somebody out there that's gone through worse shit than you have, regardless right. of how you feel. Yeah, and you know what I think a big issue lately now, I've noticed it more and more, is everyone thinks like, I don't want to tell my story. I don't want to say this because it wasn't as bad as yours. Or, you know, like they sit back and they're like, nah, what I went through is that that's no big deal. It's like, I don't care how little or big it was. How you feel. overcame it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's you let it bring you down. You didn't make the excuse. Or if you didn't make the excuse, did you pull out of it? Did you realize, hey, just because I'm not going through something like, you know, I haven't, I haven't uh suffered an extreme loss in family member or a friend um the past few years. I'm blessed for that but you know other things that I've gone through was just like I could have just stopped I could have just gave up you know like there's all kinds of stuff it's just the comparison part you know some people think their bad is not as bad as your bad and it's, like, it's, it's, one of, it's one of those things that that uh when you're going through it and I can't tell you how you feel like for me looking outside in I can say well you know put it in perspective that was that wasn't that bad but it was horrible for you yeah, yeah. Right. I think the relative when people compare the struggles versus other struggles, or I mean, even in your own lives, you know, you it's relative. So something that used to trip me up and I'd fall fucking flat on my face five years ago, I don't even th think about it now because it's just something that I just breeze through, you know. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, 
doesn't mean that in the next five years, I'm going to have some kind of struggle that's going to fuck me up. Whereas, you know, maybe before I, it didn't bother me, you know, there's, it's the struggles you go through and how it affects you and how you cope with it and come out of it. Those are all going to be relative to you at that point in your life. Right. And you may go through the same thing again. Like I've always said that, you know, you'll history will repeat itself until you've learned the lesson. And even in my competitive adventures, um, there are some lessons I've definitely had to learn more than one. Um, But you can't compare, you know, different, different things to different people. It's just then, you know, what it matters to you and how it affects you. That's, that's your own struggle. That's your own pain. And then hopefully that'll be your own triumph or at least a way you learn how to cope with it. And And that's, that's the bottom line. That really is the bottom line. So the, the message here is, is whatever struggles you're going through, number one, make sure you show up for yourself, make sure you show up for your loved ones. But for more than anything, I mean, history will repeat, you, you nailed it. History will repeat itself unless you're learning from what you have encountered and learn to cope with it. You know, it's kind of like we talked about in the, in the intro, you're going you're gonna to cope, you're going to thrive, or you're going to deny. It's up to you. And I hope that a lot of people listening to today can take all of this information. And we're going to share some stories here today. We're going to keep it very raw and blunt because I just wanted to, I just want to be out there. Like I, I, I made a promise early on when I started Hard Facts Fitness is that I was going to be as, as genuine as possible, even with my protocols. When I say, hey, I'm on TRT and people are like, oh, you're running this. I'm like, no, man, I, this is what I, this is what I run. I mean, I'm not lying to you. You know, if I was running something else, I'd tell you. So keep it as raw as possible because a lot of times people will lie to you and, and make people believe that certain physiques are attainable without PEDs, right? And that's bullshit. Like, let's be honest. You know, it's like right. you, you've been to a natural show and you've been to an IFBB pro show and it's like- you can't really tell the difference. <laughs> you, you, you can't even compare, no. right? So I, I hate that. I, I totally detest this. Like, just be honest with people to, to, to educate them as, hey, this is- most likely not achievable, like without PEDs, but outside of PEDs, let's just talk about adversity. So today, let's start, let's start with Charlie Ann. Charlie Ann, talk to us a little bit about the hardest issue that you've ever faced or the hardest adverse moment that you've faced. Talk to us about how you felt. Talk to us how you overcame that and talk to us how long ago and where, what did you learn from that? All right. So uh, before I even got into the bodybuilding uh, field at 2009, I was going to school uh, for nuclear medicine. So trying to get my bachelor's degree in that. Uh, first uh, week of uh, classes, I went out to Lake Mead, which is a pretty big lake over here in Vegas. Uh, just having a good time, whatever. Just another day. It was fun. Didn't even have a drink yet. Didn't even fucking have a drink. Like everyone, um, I climbed up a, a cliff and I figured, hey, this is rad. I used to do this all the time, cliff jumping. Man, I jumped. And uh, what hit me right in the middle was shit, this is going to hurt bad. Um, I jumped, it was ended up being 110 feet high. I would land it sideways. Um, Cause you know, I'm not stupid. You got to jump pencil, don't drive, you know, but <laughs> I hit sideways. Uh, the first thing that happened, I opened my eyes and I was like, I can't fucking feel my legs. Wow. I flipped and, but uh, whether you believe in God or not, I'm not super religious or whatever. Something told me to look up. So I looked up, I noticed it was um, lighter up there. So I knew I had to use my arms and just swim up. So that day changed my life forever. Cause once my friends got me in the boat, which by the way, when you hit water and then you need to get up in the boat, that boat looks like five miles high. Like you cannot reach it. So mentally I was like, I'm paralyzed. Like, holy shit. The first thing I even thought of when I hit the water was I'm dead. I'm going to drown. Like I can't move. I didn't know what to do. 
So luckily uh, I got up in the boat and I w- got life flighted to uh, UMC, which is our trauma place here, trauma wow. hospital. Mm-hmm. Next day in surgery, uh, I had two options. I can either go to surgery, um, put some rods in my lower back because uh, I burst fractured my L1 vertebrae. Uh, tore up all the right side muscle. So nowadays, if you look closely in some of my competition pictures, you can see a big bulging ball on my quad, which looks rad. Everyone's like, damn, your quads are huge. (laughs) Cheater. (laughs) Deformed, but it doesn't affect, I don't let it affect me because I'm like, you know what, dude, it's just a big muscle. It's kind of deformed and everybody's bodies are different. And nobody has ever pointed it out. I don't think I can I'm tell. I've seen, I've seen your pictures. I've, I actually done ads with your image. I, I don't think I've ever. If you wouldn't tell me, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have noticed. Nope, no one would know. So that just goes back to like your mentality, right? You're we're our own worst critic, and it's like we are our own worst enemy. And uh, so in my head too, I was like, you know, I didn't like I said, I didn't do the bodybuilding thing yet until really hardcore. I got into in 2013. So this is like 2009. So you're but looking at you know four years. Back in 2009, were you still into fitness? Were you still fit? Did you have muscle? Oh. Yeah, so I thought cardio was like, you know, I'm going to lose weight <laughs> cardio. We all laugh. Cardio, cardio bunny. Cardio so, bunny. <laughs> yeah, so I, I was at the gym, um, but I had no intentions at the gym. Like, I just thought, like, it's just going through the motions. But what was rad is, um, like I said, I had two options. I can get rods in my back or I can just get, put myself in a back brace. But then for the I could have the potential of having a hunchback the rest of my life. And that is not even okay with me. Like I want, I like, I work on posture, you know, I'm like, no. So I got the rods in my back, but my doc said, luckily with the muscle I had, it protected my bones. And I mean, that's like simple anatomy for us too. Like right now I'm studying for my personal training cert as well. Little Mm -hmm. things like that, you know, like the more muscle you have, that's the whole point of muscles to protect your bones. I mean, so that was cool that my doc actually said that. And he's also the same doc that to this day is like, are you still doing that bodybuilding shit? You know, it's like, dude, are you serious? Like you said, I remember that and I wasn't even into bodybuilding yet. That the amount of muscle I had saved Save me you. from being paralyzed. Right. Well, and I so think I just laugh all the time when I see him. He's like, you're still doing that shit? And that's like, okay, well, I'm not squatting 800 pounds, but yes, I am doing that shit. So, but that's, and by the way, I'm pro. <laughs> so. For everyone to realize though, is that like, even in 2009, you you were going to the gym you know you were by no means a bodybuilder or a, mm-hmm. a bigger competitor you know oh, no aspiration yeah. but you still had muscle in your body and when people you, know, you say that well you need to, to build some muscle oh no 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 i don't want to look like that like people always say that and it's like trust me it is fucking hard to build muscle yeah. but we're just talking general you know go to the gym put on some muscle just yeah. to have more muscle than more fat you know like it's exactly fat. what it was it was no intention of like one day i'm gonna hit the stage nothing it was yeah. just more of like i was just going to the gym just like everybody because you know i i've ran into a lot of people too and they're always like charlene how do you do it Charlie, how do you do it? I don't, how do, how can I look like that? I don't want to look that big, but you know, how can I look like that? <laughs> it's like, what? And then, then, then they look at me like what I'm eating and they're like, you eat a lot. And it's like, yeah, but my portions are small meals and they don't understand, like you can eat healthy or whatever, but it's not the same, you know? So it's just more. Well, the correlation like, oh, is different, right? Yeah, I can't do that. I can't eat the same thing every day. I'm like, yes, you can. You have to choose to and be creative with it. So yeah. So honestly, guys, I should be dead right now. Um, 
paralyzed. I should be. Those, uh, the L1 spine, like a burst fracture. So just think of Humpty Dumpty. I was in a million pieces. He glued it back together. He, he literally said, I am so lucky because my bones were actually against my spinal cord. So if any of those little ones kind of, you know, moved and it could have severed it. So even for transport, them, right? Even, even the transporting the flight unit into the hospital. Yeah. That could any have been of those cool. movements, everything. So oh. I got on, when we, so 20, it should have only taken a boat ride 20 minutes to get to the shore. It took us an hour and a half because every time they hit that wake, I was like in agony. Like wow. it was so bad. I literally called my parents on the boat and I said, I think I broke my back. My parents showed up, the ambulance was there and a helicopter was waiting uh, oh. by the time we got there. So first Amazing. experience with morphine too, by the way. That shit is crazy. How was that? How was that? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, they're like, I'm like, crazy. oh man, that's Ooh, so baby. good. <laughs> well, we're we're glad to see that. Like, let me ask you a question, um, Charlie. What uh, from a mental standpoint, what what how do you how do you not how did you cope with it? I guess how did you cope on the recovery phase? I mean, mentally, because I'm assuming that you got to be pretty much of a clusterfuck mentally yeah. coming back. You know what, guys? I've always been active. My personality is high energy. I'm always moving. You will not see me sitting down. Even right now, you know, fidgety, whatever. <laughs> I have so much energy. It is, I swear, like I literally had an out-of-body experience because I'm at my parents' house. Of course, I have my own place. I had a boyfriend at the time who was just pissed off that I'm like broken, that I'm not home helping at the house. So I had that stress of Wonderful. like guilt trip. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, because I want to be laying here with a broken back. That's what right. I'm going. I literally can't do anything, guys. I had to lay in bed flat. Uh, if to get up, I have to roll. My mom had to shower me. My mom had to help me at the bathroom. You know, it's it's embarrassing. You're it's like humbling. It's humbling. Mm -hmm. And you're like, you were lying on on someone, you know, to take care of you. So that feeling of like laying there and I seriously swear, I felt my spirit like up here looking at me, like, what are you doing? You know, it was like, this isn't me. This isn't what's happening, you know? So it was a lot of tears, a lot of anger, a lot of frustration, a lot of like, I don't want to do this. Like, I just want to end it all. I don't want to be in this much pain. This is like not fair. Why me? Um, but man, there's just something... I think you you develop it over times too, especially growing up. If you have a lot of um, not trauma in your life, but things that you go through, it hardens you, right? So I didn't really let it get to me. I was more of like, you know what though? Watch six months, I'll be back in the gym. And that's, that's three so months, I was back in the gym. That's brutal. I mean, I think a lot of it is that the why me. We talked a little bit about why me. Why does this happen to me? And I think that in life and i and i think we've all been through that yeah i've said oh, man like when it rains it pours sometimes mm -hmm. when it rains it pours and, and we all have a difficult at any given point in time where we we want to quit and say hey it's you know I, it, we want to throw in the towel but it's yeah. it's that perseverance of like yeah, i can get through this if i can get through this i get through anything we can do anything mm -hmm. right the okay. next obstacle you have you start focusing you're like man this is nothing because i I went through this and this is what I want people to listen. I want yeah. people to feed, feed, like literally feed off of this and say, hey, if she went through this and Ari's going to share her story and I'm going to share my stories. Um, you know what? Maybe, maybe why can't I? Mm -hmm. Why can't I? It's just that, 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 that fire that you have to have inside to say, I'm going to overcome it. I will. I can. I must. Right? You've, all, you've all heard that. Yeah. And it's you know, so it's important. Yeah, it's excuses. And I really think that when there's a will, there's a way. 
And uh, I tell people all the time, I'm like, okay, you might be hurt. Uh, but even when I broke my wrist, I still went to the gym. I work around an injury. You don't have to, pre- you don't have to stop what you're doing. You just work around it. You work around the difficulties you're having or, you know, like people, that's why I, I really, and you guys are like so inspirational for me and Aria, I followed you for years before this team amino pure for sure. Uh, but you go through so much stuff and you look up to people and then you find that inspiration from them too. Cause you're like, well, look at, look what they're going through. Cause are you, I remember you share, you share a lot of things like, you know, that has happened to you. And the, uh, I went on my, my reverse dieting. No one taught, told me what to do. Right. So no, I blew up and I was depressed and I was like, oh my God, I'm fat. And now I'm going to do another show because I need to get lean again. And it's not, that's a vicious cycle. And, and I think now that I'm in figure, I actually let my body do what it wanted to do. It wants to grow. It doesn't want yes. to shrink. Yes. So when I finally switched my thinking of like, Hey, you've been through all of this, like just relax, let your body do what you want to do. And honestly, that's helped me a lot because I just kind of re- like, didn't stress about it anymore. I'm like, you know what? my dating life has been crazy too you know like they always accept you at first they say that you're supportive uh when it comes down to it they're not they're the jealousy is there because they're not you know where you're at and it's like man this that's hard to deal with too you know all adverse so. moments you know and, and aria i know you're doing some coaching one of the things that you taught you you, you uh, t- touched really quick uh charlie charlie uh in, in doing the whole yo-yo dieting, right? In, in Ari, you probably see it now more than you're, you're coaching with Team School We Prep. Um, mm-hmm. It's a vicious cycle. And I think that the key is to always try to come back better every year. One of the mm-hmm. things that I, I've done and I, I set my mind to is like, I never want to be fatter than I was last year. Mm-hmm. I never want to be fatter than I was the year before. And I'm not. Like, I look at myself now, I'm 194 pounds and I'm way leaner than I was 194 pounds last year. So that continuous thing of, I need to improve every year. And it's okay to put on a little bit of fat because your body needs it. So why don't you talk to us a little, diverting from adversity, talking a little bit about yo-yo dieting. Aria, give us a little bit of what you're seeing now that you're coaching and how you're helping people cope with those things. I think people don't even realize that they're stuck in a yo-yo diet frame of mind. So you know, small weight fluctuations are normal, you know, and, and that's also relative to a body, right? relative to a person, you know, like for me, you know, a fluctuation of five pounds isn't a big deal, even 10 pounds, you know, maybe, maybe 15 for a bigger body, a bigger person with ma- more mass, it's going to change. But I've made the mistake of staying very lean post-show and not really making any progressive changes. Actually, my competition body weight decreased at one point, which you know, you could argue it's bikini. I don't need that much muscle, but you look at some of these bikini girls, especially the pros, and they're fucking <laughs> jacked, you know, like, so now in the, in the position that I'm in now, you know, I did put on some more body fat with the hormonal issues. And I decided to, to do a small cut, to try and take some of that off because ultimately I do want to compete, you know, but like you said, if every now looking forward, if every off season, if I can maintain maybe a tiny bit leaner or just even better, like a better body composition, not even looking at body weight, but looking at the amount of muscle I'm able to put on, you know, I'm, I'm raising the bar each time, you know, it's progressive. It's not, I'm not going backwards and I'm not, you know, jumping forward, but just a small progression each time. So in the clients that I'm seeing, it's just I don't know if it's fear of weight gain or the number on the scale, but they're chasing 
a lot of mistakes you see is chasing a number on the scale, mm -hmm. which if you're going to add muscle, like that number is probably going to change. You know, you can't just identify with, oh, I'm 120 pounds, you know, like that number might change if you gain muscle. You should look at how your clothes fit, how your measurements are, the strength in the gym. Those things are always going to show way more progress than the number on the scale. Um, and they, they just do more. Like they think more is better, not more food, more activity, more steps, more training in the gym. Like, more cardio. Yeah, more cardio. You're coming to me, you're doing seven days of cardio, you're in the gym lifting seven days a week, and you're eating 1200 calories. You're not on any kind of enhancement, like you're tanking all your hormones, you're not building any muscle, you're burning any muscle, and you're not going to get better. So, yeah. and they just then the minute they gain five pounds, oh, shit, I got a diet. I got a diet. You're already dieting, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, how much are you going to diet? Like 800 yeah. calories? Like what the fuck? So yeah. I think that sounds familiar. I, I have my girlfriend in the background right here and she's doing her own stuff. And I'm like, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> I think that's every girl though. Do you see that more with females, Aria? Oh yeah. yeah. Totally. Most with females. Cause I've been through it. I see it all the time. I hear it all the time, especially like the whole, like, I ate like half a jar of peanut butter. Now I'm going to go binge or, or uh, purge. And then I'm going to do like two hours of cardio to make up for it. Hormones even more. Yeah, the yo-yo <laughs> dieting goes along with like the yo-yo eating, you know, like, oh my God, one day I had this crazy day where I ate so much and I feel bad. And now I'm going to go do punishment. I'm going to slash my calories in half and I'm going to triple my cardio because yeah. like that, that shit's just as bad as being on a diet 24 seven. And that cortisol level is going straight through the roof because you are stressed mm -hmm. out. And yeah. it don't matter how much you're dieting, that shit, that weight is going up. And I'm just saying this because I've been through it. You know what I think? I honestly think that people don't realize that. Um, they're like, well, I do this every day. Like I wake up at five in the morning, I sleep three hours, I'm okay. Like you may think in your mind that you're okay, but your cortisol levels are spiking and you're not okay. Yeah. And the reason why they think they're okay is because they got used to feeling like shit. Yeah. So when they, when they start feeling better, they're like, man, I can't, I can't, I realize now what it feels like to feel okay, to mm -hmm. feel good. Like I, I, my cortisol levels are always high. Like last blood work that I had, it, it was like 25, 26. Through the roof, right? My sleep patterns were horrible. So I needed to make a cognizant effort to do something. And I realized that you know, I, I'm, 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 but I'm okay. Like, I know I'm stressed, but I'm okay feeling this way. The second that I started taking weekends off or logging out early and sleeping a little bit more, my cortisol levels were under control. And then I started realizing like, man, so this is what it feels like to feel okay. Cause I was feeling like shit. Right. So that, that goes into like my own adversity issues that I have, but I want to talk a little bit about Aria share with us your biggest struggles. I know that you've had some, some yo-yo uh, dieting issues and, and hormone imbalances. Uh, share with us your, your adverse moments and how you, what it did to you mentally from a mental standpoint. Because I think more than anything, our the way that we look is going to determine the way that we feel and the way that we think that we feel, right? It's like, I, I put on five pounds, your, your mind is telling you, you look like shit because you put on five pounds. When in reality, you ask somebody else, I'm like, I can't see it. Yeah, yeah. But, but your mind is telling you, like, I'm yeah. fat. I can grab this love handle. I need to be leaner. I need to be skinnier. I need to do something. So, talk to us about the mental aspect of your struggles and how you cope with it. Let's go. Well, I let's see. I had a really good off season from 2018 to 2019. 
reverse diet was like perfect, you know, got my calories where they needed to maintained at my happy weight. It was a good amount of time. And then I started a prep for 2019. I did three pro shows. The last one was, or maybe it was four, but the last one was like the end of the year. It was like December of 2019. The goal was to compete right away in, in 2020. And it would be like in April. So I did stay very lean, I'd say from end of 2019. And it ended up being pretty much all of 2020 because of COVID. Like Charlie, I was also prepping during COVID. But for me, I was already lean. Gym's all closed. And for my body type, like the home workouts, we're going to cut it. I need to fucking push weights that I didn't have at home. Um, and just, you know, by nature, I was outside walking more because everything was closed. So, you know, cardio inadvertently was higher. And that just does not, it's not how my body responds. So I did compete in 2020 in, in August. Um, but you figure, I mean, I was competing almost a whole year, like stage lean, like under 110 pounds for almost a whole year. That's how tall, tall are you, are you? If you don't mind me asking. Five, two. Okay. 110 pounds. You're pretty, pretty small. Yeah. So that's what, that's what nailed the, the, you know, that was the nail in the coffin for me is just staying that, that lean. And, and people say, oh, but were you eating a lot? And I was like, yes, I was because I just had to maintain the, the leanness, but I didn't maintain the muscle mass. Like that was slowly going away. Um, but to see your body like that for almost a year and you know, I mean, I've done 17 pro shows. Like I haven't, I've done a lot, which is also not a good thing we could talk about in another pod, but you know, I've, I've competed a lot and I've seen my body at, at its lowest. I've seen it. It's normal. And I've seen it gain a shit ton of fat too. So I'm pretty body comfortable, but I knew that like seeing that day after day for almost a year, it was going to be fucking rough. And I also knew my hormones were jacked just because I knew I, I, it was just too long. Um, Isn't that crazy how you think that way too? You're like, this is going to be rough. Like when I'm being this lean, yes. you know, uh, this is going to be the toughest part. I remember at the end of May, I got labs done and I was like, I have zero hormones. And up until this point, I was natural. I have never used any kind of ped or any kind of performance, anything. Um, I don't use fucking fat burners. I don't use pre-workout. It's harder, um, man. You did, you did it hard, the hard way. Yeah. Now, now it's a little different, but up, all my competitions, they've always been natural and my body's always responded. So in the back of my mind, I get labs done and it's like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Why isn't my body doing what it always does? I mean, I'd have normal hormone levels in competition prep in the middle of my season. And now all of a sudden it, it wasn't, I had no hormones. So that kind of mind fuck, not only was it looking in the mirror and seeing how lean you are for almost a year and then knowing that that's going to change and it's going to have to change to a point where I'm uncomfortable. Also knowing that like, I don't know if my hormones are ever going to come back and why isn't my body working? It's worked for all these years and I, I'm, you know, what's wrong with me? Like that kind of thing. And then you do kind of see all these other people who don't tell you things or aren't very transparent and you're like well how can they compete year after year after year look better be building muscle you know and i'm not gonna point fingers or say names or say that everyone's on peds but you don't know the whole story behind someone's what they're doing and, and, and how, why they look the way they look um so those are kind of the thoughts that i was going through and honestly having no hormones I didn't really have very many feelings. Um, I was going to say, how did that, how did that play mentally? Because I mean, no hormones. I, you, you know what happens with men when their estrogen goes up, right? You see some big bodybuilders getting emotional and shit. Can you imagine like having nothing? 
I mean, I was kind of like a, even my sister would be like, you're like a fucking robot, you know? And, and I was like, yeah, you know, I kind of am like not really any emotions. And then shortly after the show in, in August of 2020, you know, things started coming back, but of course they come back on imbalance, you know, estrogen shoots up, progesterone stays low, testosterone stays low. So then I'm just estrogen, relatively estrogen dominant. And I'm just an emotional basket case. Yeah. I wake up with like days of just severe depression. Not only am I gaining weight and I know I have to, I don't really want to, but I have to, but I wake up with no motivation, like just no drive, can't, nothing. Can't even be happy about life. And I think those were the, just the most challenging things because then I think, well, maybe this is just really me. You know, maybe this is just how I am. Maybe I'm just not the ray of sunshine I fucking thought I was. <laughs> maybe I'm just a, a depressing blob. And at some point, you know, I wasn't sure that I was ever going to be able to compete again. So having that taken away, not by choice, you know, my last show was not how I want to go out. It was not my best. Um, those were all just kind of depressing ways to think about it. And I think the only thing that really kind of kept that hope alive was just like, you know, just think of it as one day at a time, you know, my hormones are not going to always be in balance. Once they're, once they're in a good place, I'll feel better. Everything internally will start working better. And then I can start working on the physical. So I just, your thoughts are so important and you may not be able to do everything you want right then and there, but if you just take it one day at a time, one small step every day, one win a day. Um, and that was the other part is like, I had to stop being as active, you know, like, so I could focus on more things that I'd maybe been, you know, putting on the, on the back burner because prep does take a lot of your time, a lot of your energy. Um, but having to not be active and like watch movies and lay around, I'm like, this is fucking weird, but maybe I need it. You know? I think, I think it's one of those things that uh, we, I, we get used to feeling like shit sometimes and yeah. we don't realize it. Let's, let's be honest. Um, I, I went through my I call own it the, the new normal. Like the everyone's new like, normal. That's really what it is. The new like normal. And they're like, you, oh. <laughs> you don't realize it until you start being no, normal. That is, you know, I was really jacked up. Yes. And oh, yeah. I, I think the biggest misconception in, in dealing with a lot with rejuvenate and talking to Chris and learning a ton. I mean, it's, it's interesting how now uh, I get people telling me their symptoms and I can like pretty much nail what's going on in their bodies, right? Just learning. And educating and, and having that will to always keep improving and learning more and more and how the body functions and from a hormonal imbalance and how to fix certain things and what symptoms and what biofeedback that people, 99% of people I think don't really pay attention to. Uh, the new normal is something that we want to keep away from. Yeah. Because I think that when you stop trying to continue to improve and say, hey, this is the way that it's going to be. I mean, during your, your video for Rejuvenate, you said a lot of things, you know, you, you, you said, this is maybe, the, I am 40, I think you're 40 now, right? Yeah, I'm 40. Yeah, I'm 40. This is just the way it's going to be. Well, not really. It doesn't have to be. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have to be. You know, there's so many things out there in the world right now um, that you can go on certain therapies. And, and we talk about it all the time through Rejuvenating Chris. They have, we have access to over 15,000 different medications that people don't even know about that exist. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm getting all these emails from new medications. I'm like, this exists. There's such a thing like this. People don't know. And, and you, you go to your general practitioner and they have three minutes to work on you and talk to you about certain things. And guess what? The general practitioner, he doesn't know either. <laughs> right. Because they're so busy. That's why they're, and I'm not saying that this is, you know, the cure all for mental health. Um, but I do feel like a lot of 
premenopausal or perimenopausal, whatever you want to call it, um, women especially will have signs of depression, which may be because of low testosterone or a, an estrogen progesterone imbalance. And they go to their general practitioners and they'll give them an antidepressant. We see that a ton. We see that a ton. Yeah. No, and and I, I was close to that point because I was not used to being so incredibly depressed, like just waking up crying for no reason. Right. You know? and, and like I said, I'm not saying that that's a replacement for depression or antidepressants, but there's an overwhelming amount of 40-year-old women, 40, 45, 50 in that age mm -hmm. range that have that issue. And did they get their labs done and look at hormones? Yeah. Could care less about that. You're absolutely right. They don't, and we see it every all the time. Where we have people, uh, primarily women. And this is yeah. re reality. A lot of times, people are like, "Well, you talk, you talk so much about men, and you don't talk enough about women." It's not that we talk about men or women. We talk about certain things that are currently happening and what we, the patterns that we see. Okay, and and what we see is that more women have these symptoms of depression. And get the first thing the doctors do is depression medication when we actually start looking into labs we're and, and chris and i had this discussion with some people that i know and he calls me he says did you look at their labs that absolutely i think you're thinking what i'm thinking he goes i don't think they're depressed yeah. their hormones are just jacked yeah so and and the, this, this is the scary part it's into this so who's gonna tell her to get out her, her depression medication i said well that's you buddy uh, <laughs> and because it, it terrifies women, it ter when, you know, either you're going to trust us or you're not, because we don't believe you're, you're depressed. We believe you just have a major hormone imbalance that is causing part of the depression symptoms, you know, serotonin, dopamine levels in your brain, yeah, all right. of those things. And they get terrified and they got to make a decision. Do I trust you guys or I don't? And that's up to the, the patient, obviously. And I would say nine out of 10 times that we've seen it, we've actually, we wing them off the depression medication and start working on their hormone balance, they come back and it's like, yeah, it was never depression. Yeah. But it's very easy for a, a general practitioner. And, and again, guys, we're not trying, trying to talk bad about Western medicine by any means, okay? Because I just got saved by Western medicine, as a matter of fact. Uh, what we're saying is that certain doctors or, or certain clinics don't have the time to spend and really dive into what every single parameter in your hormone panel looks like. A lot of times they won't even... How many, how often do we see people running full thyroid labs? Very rare. They run TSH. It doesn't tell you the full story, no. right? Mm -hmm. So in, in order for you to really, sometimes you, you got to take responsibility of your own life and in your own health and say, you know, this is what my doctor is telling me, but I need to educate myself a little bit more to learn how my body's functioning, what's going on in my body. It's because I cannot be depressed. And part of uh, overcoming the adversity that I'm going through is taking control of your own life and being proactive and finding measures of improvement, mm -hmm. right? So that that's that's man, I, it, it's it's incredible the amount of uh, of uh, stories that I hear all the time about depression, and it really boils down to estrogen progesterone imbalance. And once you clean that up, everything starts to fall into place. And everything not only from a mental standpoint, but your physical standpoint, where their body starts to morph, body yeah. fat starts to come off. You know, more times than not, and I'm going to divert into hormones before I start my story. Uh, more times than not, women don't realize that they have tanked testosterone. Mm -hmm. And they're feeling, when they go to the general practitioner, where the general practitioner says, you don't need it. You're fine. Well, no, not really. There mm -hmm. is a range. Everything needs to be synced and balanced. Progesterone, 
testosterone, estrogen, estradiol. And when they have low testosterone, you're not in that optimal range. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. gotta, you gotta make a decision. Do I want to be optimal or do I just want to live feeling like, eh, mm-hmm. like yeah. crap? Let's be honest, right? So that leads me to my story, and I'm gonna share with you guys. Um, I'm, I'm a very private person, and people always tell me funny because I always do this. You want to work out? Very you know, easy. <laughs> my eyes, because I don't really like them. Look like Ron. <laughs> what does he look like? Yeah, what does he look like? Right. Um, and I'm pretty private, but I, I think that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make, we're gonna do more podcasts. And I'm gonna share a little bit more about different stories and things that I've been through uh, in efforts of trying to improve the communication highway and provide information for people to, to realize that, hey, whatever you're going through, you're not alone. You know, every, everyone that uh, has emailed or, or messages uh, Hardfast Fitness team, I mean, you always says, gosh, you guys are doing such a great job and we're growing at the seams, right? We're, we're doing amazing. And uh, little do they know is like the amount of work Mm-hmm. that goes behind it. I think Aria, Aria understands a little bit because, you know, I, I work a lot with Jason and, um, and, and, and Aria and they see the amount of work that goes behind building a brand, building a business, building a clinic, countless. I, when I'm talking about 16 hour days for months on end, that's really what it was. And it started mm-hmm. taking a toll on my health uh, inside out. I always say I, I'm a shitty bodybuilder because I'm just, you know, I just, I just like to lift. I enjoy it, but I'm not, I've never been genetically gifted. Um, like like other people, but I enjoy the grind. I enjoy the the, the, the going into the, the weight room, and you couple that with having a full time job, running a team, building businesses. My entire system, my body took a hit yeah. from the inside out. I was just talking to these ladies earlier today. My cortisol was twenty six at one point, right off the charts, mm-hmm. and the doctor said to me, um, "You know, you're having some major digestion problems." And I would have these pains in my stomach that would leave me, you know, in the floor for weekends on end, two, three days, 14 hour days with uncontrollable hiccups where nobody would understand why the hiccups were triggered. And n- nobody would ever tell that this was happening to me because it would happen for two or three days. And then come Monday, it was like a switch. Boom, you're back to normal. Right. So they, people see the, the, the back to normal. They don't see the person that's collapsing cramps in the, in the toilet there, vomiting all day long, all day, all night long, because they see that person that shows up, right? And, and that's part of the overcoming adversities, showing up for yourself. Like I made a vow that I was going to show up to my team. I made a vow that I was going to show up for my family, for my friends every single day. And I went through my struggles. I, I got, you know, one doctor said, hey, you may have cancer. We need to rule out cancer because nobody can figure out why your platelets are high. Why are you having these pains? We did numerous blood studies, we did numerous stool studies until a week and a half ago, I went in and uh, basically they did an endoscopy through my throat to find out and take a, a sample of my, of my stomach lining. And they, they determined it was H. pylori. It was, a micro, micro, it was a microbacterial infection that was causing all these issues in my stomach and I had really bad inflammation in my esophagus, esophagitis and the lining. So it wasn't, it wasn't the point that it was creating ulcers, but it was creating a really bad just feeling in the stomach where any, any food that didn't sit well would bloat me and would inflame my entire stomach, pushing against a nerve, right, would, that would trigger these, think of having hiccups for 14 hours a day to the point that you can't breathe because you're hiccuping and it's constricting your, 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 your throat and your esophagus, your, your, your windpipe. And this is what, you, this is what it sounds like. <gasps> Mm-hmm. you can't get air so it's the most horrible feeling i ended up going to the emergency four emergency four times over the last three months four months 
because I couldn't breathe and I was feeling like shit. And nobody could figure out what it was. And it was nothing but, I won't say nothing but, H. pylori is, 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 a, is a bacterial infection that can kill you. And if you, if you actually leave it undetected for a long period of time, it can create cancer in your stomach. So now I'm under two and a half weeks of uh, antibiotic four times a day. And now we have to, after we do that, we have to fix that entire inflammation of my stomach, right? Now I could have said, you know, I'm just going to live with this, but it, it, I just couldn't. There was no way I would bloat like a pregnant woman. I, I mean, constantly just that bloat, right? That SIBO bloat. Sure. I couldn't eat anything. I was uncomfortable. I would, I would I, my weight would fluctuate from 194 to like 189 overnight. And that was because I was vomiting. I was dehydrated. I was feeling like shit. But come Monday, there was a switch that just turned on and I, I would just kind of be back to normal. And I said, okay, it's time to go hit the weights. You couple that with the fact that I was doing a ton of work, my own, I mean, I, I'm an executive for an aerospace company in Seattle. And on top of that, I running, helping to run with a clinic and doing amino period, running the team and trying to put as much information out there. My doctor said, Hey, you know, you need to slow down because you're at that range of your cortisol levels that you can have a brain aneurysm or you're in the heart attack rate zone. And I don't care how healthy you look. I don't care how great in, in physical condition you think you are internally your body's telling you look motherfucker stop stop right now because you're gonna have something really bad happen to you any day now so it's up to you as a person what am i going to do to overcome this adverse moment in my life can i quit my job no. can i quit the, my team my, my team my my our following our hard fast fitness podcast no but i did slow down i had no yeah. choice I was, I ask, Jason, was that a was that a big wake up call? When it, you... it was a huge wake up call because number one, number one, I'm very family oriented. So my family was it's like I always talk about like I'm I'm religious, and I always talk about God first, family second. That's the most important thing for me in in life. Without family, you have nothing. And you go back to what Charlie Ann was saying is it, what would happen if you didn't have your family to help you and take care of you. So it's like a moral responsibility for me to make sure that I'm okay for my 80 year old mom that I'm okay for my 80 year old dad, that I want to be a better father. If I remember a father, I want to be a better son. I want to be, I want to be there for my family. But if I don't take care of me in overcoming this adverse moments that I was going through, how am I going to be there for my loved ones? Right? So th those are the reality checks. And it was, it's so tough because it's interesting. I see Charlie Ann and Charlie Ann, you, you're like hyper, right? <laughs> no. So <am> I. <laughs> right? Uh, I, I woke up at four in the morning. I wasn't feeling too good. I started working. I work for three, four hours, right? Mm -hmm. That's just the way, that's the way I function. I'm always like, there's always something, it's never ending. But I needed to know, and I talked to Jason, Jason's like, hey man, you know, your, your cortisol levels are through, you could, it's stress. It's stress induced. You gotta have to slow down. We took my training down to four days. He said, we may even have to take it down to three days. And for anybody that likes to lift as much as we like to lift. That's tough. And I'm talking to two pros here, right? Yeah. <laughs> like I said, I, I'm just an average dude. It's fucking hell. <laughs> you want to go and smash some iron, right? Yeah. You want to feel that pump. You want to feel that, that thing. But I needed to do it in order for me to be better because I would not be where I'm at now if I don't start feeling better. Your endorphins can only do so much. Endorphins don't it, heal. <laughs> it so much. You're absolutely right. So in order for me to be there for, for, for the people that are around me, right, um, I need, to, I need to be healthy. And I'm going through that process now. 
You know, I'm going through that process. Once I get my, my finish my antibiotics, I'm going to work. I'm like, I'm going to even run a SIBO protocol to make sure that my stomach lining gets better. Yep. And, and one of the things that I want to hone in on with, with the audience here, it's like, I never stopped showing up guys. And I know Charlie Ann didn't stop showing up. And I know Arya didn't stop showing up. You work around the issues that you have more. is not always better, but you can't quit. Quitting is just not an option for some people. It is. And I hope that by listening to the, the, the podcast that we're going to be putting together here over the next couple of months, they understand that, Hey, you know what? They're human like me. They have feelings like I do. They go through their own turmoil like we do. If, if they didn't quit, why, why, why should I quit? Don't quit on yourself. Find solutions. It always goes back to that train of thought too. Like just because I'm going through something, it doesn't mean it's not a big deal. So, you know, it's the comparing thing. It doesn't matter. Everybody goes through stuff, uh, well, no matter how little or big, it's just how you come out of it. You're always going to have bad days. They're always going to be there. But all I do is I just try to get through the day. I like don't, I try not to take it out on anybody around me. You know, it, that's tough sometimes, but those family and friends that have supported you or figured it out, they know they're going, that you're going through this. So sometimes you just need to reach out to that one person. You know, and then it could turn that, that bad day to good day or some stranger. Like, I'll just say hi to somebody at Trader Joe's and then they'll strike up a conversation with me. And all of a sudden I feel so much better. It's yeah. just like, dang, you know, like I needed that. It's one of those things that and I think you both agree with me. Um, I, I've always been an attitude by horn, but I've always considered myself an overachiever and I'm, I'm a workaholic and everything that I put myself my mind to, I, I go all in. Right. And at times, I would always think to myself, even when I was working as an executive, as they'll do, like, why, why are they doing it this way, right? I would get so frustrated with people, and I didn't have the best people skills, to be honest with you. I, I think I did, but in, in retrospect, it's like you expect, you expect people to think the way you think and yeah. behave the way you behave and react the way you react because that's the way you function. But not everybody functions and thinks the same way. You know, we all have our strengths and weaknesses. And it took me being part or putting a team amino pair together, putting an amino pair together, putting a clinic together, and managing people. Uh, I have over 18 reps that work that report to me for my regular job. And that's stressful in its own because when you have that many people and so many people that you talk to on a daily basis, it doesn't become um, the, 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 the most important thing is managing people. And dealing with people's emotions. And I know you see it, Aria, because you're coaching. <laughs> okay. Isn't that yep. the truth? Yep. How, how, do you, how do you manage and get the best out of somebody without destroying them? And, and some people are very sensitive, right? Yeah. I, you, have to, you have to scale it to the person. Yes, and you. like you said, like, you know, not everybody's cut from the same cloth. You know, there's the workaholics, which sometimes... The worst. Whether they're workaholics at work, yeah, or workaholics in the gym, sometimes you got to scale it back or less is more. And, and I think that a lot of things you see on social media, you know, it's grind, 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 hustle, hustle, hustle. You know, that that is kind no, of, it's off. <laughs> yeah, that's like that cliche is, is how to do things and how to be successful. And maybe there are times, you know, like you needed to do that to get an HRT clinic off the ground, to get a pure off the ground. Um, and, and I went through the same thing too. I mean, I probably worked six or seven days a week from like 2018 to 2020. You know, right. I had the option of working more during COVID, you know, because I was an essential employee and I took advantage of that shit, but I'm sure that that also, you know, 
raised my cortisol and probably killed my hormones even more. So there's got to be a give and take. So you kind of have to meet each client, each person you meet, anyone you encounter, you know, meet, meet them where they are, you know, and maybe they they have to start out smaller, slower, you know, maybe their struggle is going to be something different. Um, But to have someone be able to tack on winds of any kind, even a small wind, you know, like we sit here and measure and weigh our food and eat the same fucking shit every day to us, you know, that's our consistency and that's our winning. But for someone that's never eaten nutritious food, not going through the drive-through might be the win, you know? So you just have to be able to scale that to, to who you're working with. And then that goes for clients, that goes for employees. Um, that's, a lesson that, that's a lesson that I learned in life. It goes for fucking everything, folks. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's doing what I'm doing now on a daily basis. And, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart has actually helped me become a better human being. Yeah. Because I realize that people go through different things and the issues that they're going through. I've literally had some people call me on chat and cried. Yeah. Right. And, and I'm like, why are you crying? And they're, and I don't even know why I would answer sometimes because I really don't answer like Instagram video chats unless I know you. Yeah. And and then they start telling me their struggle. And then like, well, you know, putting it in perspective, it's not that bad. And that's what you think, right? But it's really bad for them. Yeah. And yeah. you can't assess how they feel and how they react to certain things. So as human beings, we never know how many people we cross paths with and how we touch those people. And when I go through my struggles where I get absolutely exhausted and then I get people telling me, hey, I heard your, your, your podcast like two weeks ago and I just wanted to tell you this. It's like, wow, like I made an impact. Mm-hmm. As little as it was, I made an impact. And that is more than anything could ever, more than money, more than anything that you helped somebody be that much better. Yeah, I think that we live, part of it, I believe. I we really live do. in a me, me, me society, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like me, 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 me. Well, how about you give back? What are you doing to give back to society? I want to leave a legacy when I die of something. And even if it's an 80-year-old grandfather talking to his grandchildren and said, in back in 2020, I was listening to this podcast and somebody made an impact in my life and changed my life forever. And that person may never know, right? But we cross paths with people all the time. And we never know what the impact. So it's like the, the moral of the story is like be compassionate, be compassionate for people, try to give back to people as much as you can within reason. Because sometimes you, you try to give back, and it happened to me. I get people like think they know me, they, they call me in, on my cell phone, you know, strangers, uh, asking 20 million questions. So you need to draw those boundaries, right? <laughs> you are your last. Everybody needs boundaries, but even just sharing your story, you know, whatever you're comfortable sharing that just tells people that they're not alone, that there's somebody else going through something that you're going through or you've gone through. And they can, if they can see you on the other side, like your, you know, H. pylori infection, your drive to leave the legacy, you know, that you, you've actually like put your own health on the line because of that, Ron, like, but you're, you're wanting to impact people. You're wanting to leave a legacy that shows that you care, you know, and that's going to matter. I, I hope that we're, I hope in wrapping this podcast, I don't want to go too far, guys. Um, yeah. I, I tend to, we take to the ramble a lot, a lot but it, it makes me happy to know that um, you both shared your stories. And I think there's a lot of people that will benefit from this. Um, I'm, I'm very private and I can, I can tell you some of the stuff that I've been through, but if anything, 
I want the audience to understand that you're not alone. Okay, number one, you're not alone. Uh, there's people that go through hormone imbalances, broken backs, broken arms. I'm, I, I'm going to be in Vegas. I was talking to Charlie Ann. I'm going to have rotator cuff surgery, uh, PRP on my shoulder and, and knee at the same time after I do a trade show for work. I'm staying in Vegas and I'm just going to knock it out. And my doctor says, it's going to be brutal. You're going to be, it's going to hurt because you're going to be flying back the next day after having oh. left shoulder and right knee. But I'm like, you know what? It's now or never. And I need to start putting my whole body back together because I'm broke, right? Knee, digestion, other shoulder. I don't care. I, I got to get it done. It's got it's to happen. And it, it's just that drive that I want everybody to understand. Not everybody's the same. Some people are a little, think a little slower. Some people like to take your time doing things. The, the moral of today's podcast is overcoming adversity and what you need to do mentally to prepare yourself to overcome whatever issue you're having. Right. You know, with your, with your surgeries coming up too, like, have you experienced this yet? People are going to be like, come on, Ron, there's gotta be another, something different. You don't need surgery. You can work through it. Like the holistic type of, yeah, yeah. Type of thing, but sometimes like with my back, I chose surgery over a back brace. Why I'm looking at my future. Like, how yeah. do I want my future to look? Yeah. Am I going to get a, a little, am I going to thrive a little bit better uh, with some rods in my back? Yeah, it sucks, dude. Like I can't, I get back pain. Sometimes I wake up crooked. Like I literally am just sideways and I, you know, it's tough. And it's, it's a consequence of that decision that day. But it's always like, what if, what if I didn't do the rods? What yeah, if, that is what if, I always talk about that what if, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To me, I feel like it's great that you just decided, you know, I'm going to knock it out. I'm going to get them both done. And then now you're going to have to go through the whole, like, you're going to be in pain. You know, you want to get back in the gym, but you got to slow down. Yeah, you got to tell yourself it's all worth it. You know, yeah, it's, it's, we're, I think we all can agree that we're in this for the long run, right? Yeah. Bodybuilding, eating healthy, uh, taking your new ethics supplementation or reviewing some of the best stuff that you, that's out there in the market. The way that we take our care of our body is because we're in it for the long run. Right. We're, and that's the moral of the story. Take, take whatever you've heard today and analyze how you can get over whatever issues you're having and know that you're not alone. And that's the most important thing in the message that we want to drive home today. With that being said, guys, I want to wrap this up. I want to thank my co-host, Arya. Welcome to our first episode together. That's awesome. Yay. Charlie, <laughs> awesome having you. We're going to have you back on. I you're a world of energy. I, I appreciate you coming on. I hope I, I'm, I have dinner plans with my, my actual work uh, co-workers on, on Monday, but I'm going to try to make it out there. Uh, at least we can maybe have hang out and have a workout together with Derek and yourself. And it'd be kind of cool to meet you guys. Yeah, Dragon's Lair, man. We can do Woo, it. Baby. Sounds awesome. awesome. With that being said, guys, thanks again for tuning in. Thank you for your support. As I always end, God first, family second, and this is a wrap. Take care.